0: This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on v End, the sports betting network.
2: And running on a Wednesday night from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas alongside Adam Burke. I am Tim Murray. Adam sitting in for Hall of Famer. Sean King. It's Hall of Fame weekend. We'll have the Hall of Fame uh preseason game tomorrow. The Raiders and the Jaguars. We'll uh we'll get into uh some line moves and some uh some preseason. Angles that you may want to look at. Always a tricky one, at least for me. Now, other people might look differently uh, to handicap when it comes to at least the Hall of Fame game so early in the preseason. But that is tomorrow. The preseason officially gets going. Hall of Fame weekend up in Canton, Raiders and Jaguars. But, Adam, let's start off with this. The Juan Soto, Josh Bell, and Brandon Drury era is underway in San Diego, California and it is off to a wonderful start for Padre fans, for Brandon Drury, and for you, Adam Burke. Indeed.
3: Good to be back on the desk with you here tonight, Tim. I <laughs> uh, had Rocky's Padres first five over four and a half, and uh, no sweat. I wish they were all this easy. I'd be
2: really excited if they were all this easy. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a bet that I have won that easily. Because, you know, <laughs> baseball, obviously... Football, even though if your team goes up, you know, 100 to nothing, you know, I had Ohio State. I laid the 21 against Michigan State when they led 49 to nothing at halftime. I mean, that was wonderful, but it wasn't officially in the books until the game concluded. You're good. You just kick your feet up. I mean, the only thing that could happen is somehow there'd be rain in San Diego, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's uh, – if if that happens, I'm just going to stop betting the rest of the <laughs> baseball season. <laughs> that would be a sign from from the gambling gods, the baseball gods from just about everybody.
2: Yeah. So uh the San Diego Padres have their three new players. Josh Hader, did he make an appearance last night? I think he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, did. Yeah, he scored the sending with a strikeout. Yeah. But, you know, big to do obviously today, they're, you know, the as I as I try to hold back my tears of Juan Soto racing out to right field and getting cheered by the uh, the faithful there in San Diego, Josh Bell uh, at first base, and then Brandon Drury, who you know, it's funny. You talked about it, I think, last night, how Josh Bell's kind of been the the forgotten one in this trade deadline uh, moves by San Diego. I would I would counter with nobody's talking about Brandon Drury who had 20 home runs in in Cincinnati this year and uh, started tonight and came up with the bases loaded. And I'll give Adam credit for this. After, uh, who is it? Uh, Cronenworth got hit on the foot. Bases were loaded. Both Josh Bell and and Juan Soto walked. He said, you know what would be nice? A grand slam would be nice and I could just sit back and watch. And I look up, I go, well, there's your grand slam. Brandon Drury goes to left field and it looks like... uh, at least from the jump, folks are enjoying the returns of their investment there in San Diego. Certainly. It was a
3: big investment, as we talked about last night. They gave up a massive haul to get specifically Soto and Bell. I uh, gave up some interesting prospects to, or an interesting prospect in Victor Acosta to get Brandon Drury as well. Um, look, I also said that, you know, I'm not super bullish on the <laughs> Brandon Drury move. Yeah. I said that in the Trade Deadline Live blog looking at his home road splits 298 354 561 batting average on base slugging percentage in Cincinnati 241 309 462 on the road so he's still hitting for power on the road but you know below average on base percentage below average batting average and uh you know I guess an easy way to you know kind of work on those road splits is just
2: hit a grand slam every time you come up yeah five nothing after one inning uh, with the uh, with the newbies in the lineup there in uh, in San Diego Uh, I guess the only uh, negative would be, uh, you know, Derek and the Circus Sports Crew. uh, If if these type of uh, big games continue, they only get the top half of the inning. They don't get the full nine inning, uh, ninth inning advertisement there behind uh, behind home plate. But uh, certainly, plenty of eyeballs on the uh, Padres tonight. They lead five to nothing. Um, We don't don't have anything in play tonight, right? No, I'm good. Uh, bet against my Nationals today. Uh, after they it worked after, out. After they won yesterday, I'm like, there is no chance. And, you know, the good news uh, for my Nationals, who uh, I think in the moment made the right decision, um, as by the way. Did you see that ball? O'Neal quick aside, just hit? Quick aside oh, the Pirates are torturing the Brewers yesterday they tortured them, and O'Neal Cruz just hit a ball that has not landed yet. Absolutely obliterated that baseball. And the Brewers, who traded away Josh Hader, made some other moves. They had Matt Bush, who, had, who made his debut tonight with the uh, with the Brewers, and uh, they also pricked up Trevor Rosenthal. Uh, S- Suter just gave up an absolute blast. I think O'Neill Cruz went yard last night, too. So the Pirates are not being friendly to uh, the leaders of the NL Central.
3: It's almost in the river. My goodness gracious. 113.9 miles per hour off the bat, 434 feet, according to StatCast. But that doesn't take into account how far that ball is going to roll because it went out of the stadium.
2: (laughs) Um, But yes, I did bet against my Nationals today uh, because why wouldn't a team who's in complete rebuild and just shipped away generational talent and Juan Soto to rebuild on the fly, bring in five top prospects. Why wouldn't they start a 37-year-old who has no uh, possible uh, career endeavors with the Nationals and didn't even pitch in the major leagues last year and Annabelle Sanchez uh, making just his fourth start of the season. So yes, I uh, I went against them and uh, Mr. Vogelbach, appreciate the uh, grand slam there. And that one as the Mets won nine to five, I think our Our friend Scott Seidenberg. That was his play of the day, too. So uh, there you go. The uh, Nationals. The fun has ended after uh, yesterday's stunning win, the second biggest upset of the major league baseball season. So a couple games going on. We got Otani on the hill tonight, scoreless. That one in the bottom of the second. Of course, uh, there were thoughts maybe he would be on the move. He is not. What did you think? I didn't even ask. We got. We'll get to football here in a moment. I promise. The, the Angels deciding to keep Shohei Ohtani, were you pro, anti, or indifferent on that move? Very anti, keeping Shohei Ohtani.
3: Look, this is a very bad baseball team with maybe the two best baseball players on the planet in yes. Mike Trout and Shohei Ohtani, and this is a really, really bad farm system. They needed to trade Ohtani. They could have gotten probably three guys that you know are going to make the major leagues, maybe a fourth one depending on where they sent him. So they could have really you know, gotten some young talent infused into this ball club, really helped out their minor league system. Instead, they keep him. I think Artie Moreno, the owner, really said, you know, we're not trading him. And sometimes I think an owner that meddles a little bit too much is a, is a pretty big mistake in Major League Baseball. It kind of prevented Perry Manasian from doing his job, doing his due diligence, to be able to, to say so early on in the process, we're not trading this guy. Is ludicrous to me because you would have had teams that lost out on Juan Soto going, oh, maybe we can still get Shohei Otani. Here's this gigantic offer for him. But no, I mean, basically the night before, they said, well, we're not going to trade Otani. I-, I don't know why you would do that when I would just say, look, the guy's available, but you got to blow us away. Right. And if that happens, that
2: happens. And maybe you get a comparable uh, deal or-, or something just a little bit shy of what the Nationals ended up pulling in because I, I feel like, the for the most part, people – who follow prospects like yourself and and others across, you know, the baseball world said, you know, look, the Padres won the trade deadline being as aggressive as they were getting the pieces that they did to try to go for it now. But the Nationals weren't too far behind by the pieces they were able to bring back for what was prior to last year's fire sale of of talent, one of the worst if not the worst org, uh farm system in all of baseball. So, um yeah, it, Interesting move, uh, Shohei Ohtani, unlike Juan Soto, who's under contract for two more full seasons. He's got uh, one more season in 2023 before coming an unrestricted free agent in 2024.
3: I think what will be really interesting to watch as we go forward here, and, and maybe it's an unfair comparison because Mike Trout does have this back issue that he's going to deal with throughout the rest of his career, but even though the Nationals are in a much more difficult division, I know the Astros are a great team, and maybe Seattle will be really good for the long run now. I still think the NL East is much more difficult than the AL West. Which team makes the playoffs first? The Nationals or the Angels? And I would say the Nationals, given that hall of prospects that they got yesterday, and the Angels, I mean, look, we we see what they are with with Trout and Otani, who are going to be maybe one, two or at least two, three to win the AL MVP next year. Yeah. So it's just it's crazy to me that you wouldn't capitalize on on somebody's aggressiveness some GM's aggressiveness at the trade deadline and move otani because you know what you're not winning anything next year either
2: yeah no it's uh very and true. he doesn't want to stay yeah and they got yeah they got off to the great start this year and uh, now look at where they are all right um the big news of the day and you know I did a I did a hit with um, I was on earlier today I did a radio hit in Baltimore and we talked about it last night about Not touching the Browns' futures. And the reason for me was we don't know what the NFL is going to do. And, you know, they sat back. And I'm not saying they should have immediately, you know, jumped in. But they had three days to decide would they file uh, an appeal. And ultimately they did. And I'm not surprised by it whatsoever. They wanted a full year, maybe even more. They wanted a big fine. None of that occurred Six-game suspension was the recommendation from Judge Robinson. And now we have the appeal that has been put out there by the NFL. And it's going to be fascinating to see how this all plays out. We have Jeff Darlington's tweet uh, from ESPN saying, quote, I'm told NFL is appealing for an indefinite suspension that would be a minimum of one year, but perhaps more significant given the structure of Watson's contract. Sources tell me the NFL's appeal will also include a monetary fine. Money is now a significant part of the equation. So what does that all mean if you're looking at the Cleveland Browns, whether it be week one against the Panthers, AFC North, Super Bowl, to make or miss the playoffs? We'll dive into all that on the other side. That's Adam Burke. I'm Tim Murray. Come on back. It's the Nightcap here on BC.
0: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at pet 365 Twenty-one plus only. Must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred Gambler.
1: I'm Katya Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last twenty-five years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
2: Welcome back in. This segment of The Nightcap is presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zinn understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. But whenever you feel like you're going ready to take that first step toward change, Zinn will be there for you. Check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Alongside Adam Burke at Skating Tripods on Twitter, I am Tim Murray, live from the Circus Sportsbook on this eve of the preseason. Do we do that? Did anyone ever say that? Well, I just did. Jaguars, eve. Jaguars and Raiders. We'll be watching it tomorrow. Adam's off tomorrow so he can you know, be live betting exclusively this <laughs> preseason bad boy. Uh, your latest line is Jacksonville catching two and a half uh, here at Circa and catch the two total <laughs> total of 30 and a half, <laughs> man, You're a real barn burner. Nothing nothing will get you going like betting an under in the preseason. But you know what? Maybe I'll have to do it. All right. So the preseason starts tomorrow with uh, with game one. And then the full slate of preseason action will be next Thursday and into the weekend. Um, But the big news of the day is the NFL deciding to appeal Judge Robinson's decision of a six-game suspension. So... What does that mean now, moving forward for the Broncos? Um, just, uh, you know, uh, Bron- Broncos. Browns. That uh, has nothing to do with Tim Patrick. Um, the NFL appealed the six-game suspension, seeking a tougher penalty for violating the league's personal conduct policy. In a statement, the league said it notified the NFL Players Association that it would appeal, then filed its brief Wednesday afternoon The league said that Commissioner Roger Goodell will determine who will hear the appeal. Under the CBA, Goodell has the option to consider the appeal himself or can appoint a designated person to do so. A source told ESPN um, that the league is appealing for an indefinite suspension that would be a minimum of one year, which is what they previously had tried, a monetary fine, and a treatment that the star quarterback must undergo. Remember over the weekend, the NFL PA Adam came out and said that they would accept whatever judge Robinson's decision was. I have a feeling they had a hunch. It would not be as significant as, uh, some people were expecting. So that's why that statement came out. Um, when it comes to what to do with the Browns and what this will ultimately mean, this is, this is where it gets fascinating, especially for our line of work, for the gambling space. Is this an opportunity if you're wanting to get into the Cleveland Browns futures market to look to get in? Was You, know, you look at Circa right now, and Circa was the interesting one, Adam, because we talked about it earlier in the week, right? DraftKings and I'm trying to remember the other example we used, but let's just use DraftKings, for example. They dropped their odds on the Cleveland Browns. Now, I had seen that they had shifted a little bit back up. As of earlier today, it was plus 110 to make the playoffs, minus 130 for the Broncos to... uh, Browns. uh, to. Why do I keep saying Broncos? I don't know. You got the Broncos on the brain here. I got the, the Broncos here. on the brain. Uh, the Browns, the we, Cleveland we can call Browns. Them the. What if we call them the Browncos? I'll just call them the uh, Cleveland. Let's, there you go. We'll stick with the city. The Cleveland football team. Um, They were plus 230 to win the division. Plus 330 here at Circa. Plus 165. So that had actually come down. They had certainly, Circa had seen some money. What do you, what would you do with the Browns right now? I still stick to what I said earlier this week. I wouldn't touch it just because there's so much uncertainty. I do fully anticipate there'd be a a more significant suspension. The question I have, and this is where maybe having a legal expert weigh in on this, is, okay, remember the Tom Brady situation? That lasted forever, right? There kept being appeals and it kept getting pushed back before ultimately the four-game suspension uh, came down on Tom Brady. Are we in a month Is it going to be quick enough to have that suspension laid down? Because what if, hypothetically, the league wants a one-year suspension? They win that. Can the NFLPA, can Deshaun Watson appeal that? Then would he be, while waiting appeal, be eligible to play week one, week two, week three, week four? So that's where it gets really, really interesting to me, Adam, is how is this process all going to play out in the next month for Deshaun Watson and the Browns.
3: Yeah, I, I think there are just so many moving parts in this equation. By the way, points bets got plus 225 on the Browns to win the AFC North. Uh, bet Rivers plus 275. Bet MGM plus 300. So for the widely available books, if you are, for whatever reason, interested in betting this team to win the division, uh, make sure you're shopping around because there are a lot of different prices out there. I, I mean, i I wouldn't do anything with the Browns right now. Um. Look, and and I think your point is really interesting because as we talked about yesterday, their first six games are not daunting. Well, they're a favorite so,
2: in five of them, right? With Jacoby, with Brissette. Jacoby Brissett.
3: So, if Watson is able to play while this, you know, while everything's pending, you know, if the if the NFLPA files an appeal and all that, then what if Cleveland starts five and zero, or you know, four and one, or something like that? You know, and then all of a sudden, Watson winds up with a suspension for the second half of the season and then carries over to next season. Who knows? There are just so many moving parts with this here that the only thing that I kind of started thinking about is, and I'd I'd have to check around and kind of survey other books, but Nick Chubb is 20 to one to win offensive player of the year. Like at this point, you know, I mean, I don't know how much of this they're going to put on Brissett's shoulders. I don't know how much they were going to, to begin with, but if the NFL is successful here with their appeal, Goodell says a year. It either holds up in court or the NFLPA says, you know what, it it kind of is what it is. I mean, Nick Chubb is going to have to have a monster year, right? I mean, I know that they have Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson, and they've got a lot of different things that they could do,
2: but this offense, I would think, would run through Nick Chubb. So just looking at week one. So as of right now, we are under the assumption that Jacoby Brissett is going to be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns week one through six. Now, that is still TBD. I, once again, I, I would not touch a future on the Cleveland Browns. Way too much uncertainty. However, I could be talked into a play on Cleveland in week one. They're going to Carolina. They are now an underdog in that game in most books. Uh, I pulled it up right here. It looks like South Point, I can get even money on the money line for the Cleveland Browns. Now, so much is can unfold here, but yes, Jacoby Brissett did not play well in Miami, and yes, I would not really bank on them winning all of the games that they're supposed to win in the first six games if that holds, but you know the Cleveland Browns as well as anybody. The Carolina Panthers are a desperate football team, obviously, their quarterback situation is up in the air, even though we all kind of feel it will ultimately Baker Mayfield. So there's the Baker Mayfield angle of all of this. But the Cleveland Browns are a better football team than the Carolina Panthers. And right now, with all of this, you know, murky water, you can get them even money. And then if I were to place that bet Adam, There's the slim possibility of the appeal process playing out. And maybe Deshaun Watson's eligible to play in week one. And if that's the case, what's the line become? You know, Browns minus five, minus six. So that would be the only, only thing that I would contemplate is Browns money line at even money. Do you potentially look at that basing it off of, I think the Browns are better than the Panthers, regardless of quarterback. And maybe, just maybe, Deshaun Watson, based off of appeals, is eligible to play in week one.
3: You're absolutely right. The Browns are better than Carolina. And Baker Mayfield really does not like pressure. I mean, most quarterbacks don't. But Baker Mayfield certainly doesn't. And he's going to get pressured in this game. I mean, it's not a great Carolina offensive line. You've got Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney's back. They drafted and developed some guys on the defensive line as well. They're going to get after Baker Mayfield here. And and furthermore, it's a Baker Mayfield coming off of a very significant surgery with a new team, with a new offensive coordinator, with new guys that he has to develop a rapport with. I like Cleveland a lot in week one, to be totally honest with you. Whether it's Watson or Brissett, they're going to pressure Baker Mayfield a lot, and he does not handle pressure well.
2: Yeah, and I think you you got to remember this. I think as the year goes on, however long the suspension is, I think – the issues of Jacoby Brissett are going to show. But in week one, spending all offseason focusing on getting after it, and then, oh, by the way, Miles Garrett gets to go and attack a rookie left tackle, making his first career start. That would be the one possible angle I would look at. Well, we'll talk all things NFL with our good friend Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus next, right here on the Nightcap.
0: This is the Nightcap on v Send the Sports Betting Network.
2: Baseball predictions made brighter Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. And a weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon. Now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN alongside Adam Burke sitting in for Sean King. I am Tim Murray and it's always great to bring in our friend from Pro Football Focus, co-host of the PFF Forecast, Eric Eager and Wonderful Cincinnati, uh, as he is preparing for. I'm sure game one of the preseason. He's all fired up for Jags and Raiders. We'll get to that in just a moment. But um, I'm curious your thoughts on and 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 you know what you expect this how this to play out with with the Deshaun Watson situation. Is there a chance that we could see Deshaun Watson based off of appeal? playing early on this season, you know, from what you understand, how is this expected to play out over the next month?
4: Yeah. I'm not an expert on all the the sort of like legal stuff in the CBA. I think like you could see anything. I think you could see him, you know, like Tom Brady sort of delay it for a whole year. Um, Yeah. I could also see him be suspended for the whole season. Um, I think the NFL wants to see him suspended for the whole year. Uh, I think Goodell You know, there's not really a whole lot in the way of, you know, um, you know, due process in these situations at the NFL level, like he can literally hear the appeal himself, which I think, you know, given the fact that the NFL offered Watson reportedly a 12 game suspension and an $8 million fine as a settlement, like, I think they're going to try to go after him. So um, for my money, I think you probably look at the fatter tail of what could happen. So you know, I would bet Baltimore, I would bet Cincinnati to win that division and just, you know, hope that the Browns, you know, kind of, you know, struggle with Brissett and so on. Um, I, but there is always a chance it's lower. I also think that there's a big chance, by the way, that Watson, after having, you know, no you know playing time over the last year, um, playing in a new offense playing in colder weather where he used to play in Houston and then South Carolina went in college. Like, I think a lot of those things also just lead me to be a little bit down on the Browns generally, even if Watson does the most.
3: Eric, we've been talking, you know, the Browns have a great roster and they have plenty of guys that are going to be able to play and, and perform well around Jacoby Brissett. So let's see if we can quantify this a, a little bit here. And this is kind of a two-pronged question. The first part is, what's the drop-off between Deshaun Watson and Jacoby Brissett? And the second is... What kind of difference is there between Baker Mayfield, particularly what we saw last year, and what we can expect from Jacoby Brissett?
4: Yeah, so I think you know if you look at Watson, probably you could expect him to be, at his best, a four-win-above-replacement player. You look at Jacoby Brissett's probably a one-win-above-replacement player over a 17-game season. Wins are worth about 30 to 40 points. So per game, you're looking at probably like a six-and-a-half to seven-point difference. Um, between Watson and Jacoby Brissett. So that's kind of where, where I think folks should be at. So if you look at like the week one line, you're basically looking at uh, Carolina, you know, uh, Cleveland, you're looking at maybe like a pick em. Um, you know, that might move all the way out to six and a half, seven. Uh, if you have a, a a week one game with Deshaun Watson in it, you might have to curb that a little bit, obviously to forget him reacclimated to playing, but. You know that that's kind of the order of magnitude there over a the course of a whole season. It's about three wins um, between them. You know, in the point in the uh, win totals market. So that's kind of that's kind of where it is from a, an analytical perspective as far as going from a guy like Brissett to going from a guy like Watson.
2: We're talking to Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. Check out the podcast. He and George Shahuri PFF forecast. All right, I want to hit on some other things outside of of Deshaun Watson because it is kind of. Speculatory, right now we're all guessing. My my opinion is just stay away from Browns futures. It's 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 very unpredictable. I you know early on, kind of like uh, you, I, I like the Ravens uh, in this division. So you know we'll see how it all plays out. Um, it has not been a great start to training camp for the Dallas Cowboys, and there were already plenty of questions uh, coming in. And it sounds like they're going to try to rely on some young wide receivers. They did go out and get Anthony Barr today, and I know you tweeted about that. So when you look at the Cowboys and basically everything that's been out there about Dallas, at least this offseason, Eric, has not been positive. Uh, when you look at them, as the odds continue to get a little longer for them to win the division, I think I saw some plus 140s out there. You know, you're looking at it over under 10, 10 and a half wins. How are you looking at this Dallas Cowboys team entering 2022?
4: Yeah, it's kind of same as last year. I mean, I know your commanders, my commanders last year, <laughs> they were like plus 150 uh, by opening night to win that division. You're seeing that trend in that direction uh, for, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, who have added a lot of talent and and have Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Um, you know, I, I think um, the the problem, you know, I the thing is with Dallas, though, I think Kellen Moore is a plus play caller. I think. We're curbing our, you know, enthusiasm on Dak a little bit because of injuries last year. I think the defense will be pretty good. Um, they get Anthony Barr, who's a great addition to the middle of that defense, and then, you know, you have you have you know uh, Lawrence, uh, you know, rushing the pass. I think that they're going to be a good team. Um, the loss is at receiver, and, and obviously the decline of Zeke is a big deal, but they also don't have a hard schedule playing in the NFC East. Um, I think that they'll be fine. Um, you know, I don't know if I'd bet them at price to win the, the NFC East, but I think they're a playoff team. I think they're probably the fourth best team in the NFC at this point. Okay.
3: Eric, let's talk about the NFC North for a second. I mean, look, you know, the Detroit Lions, uh, they were covering machine last year, even though they didn't win very many games a lot of people expecting them to be a good bit better. The Bears, it, it seems like it'll be another long season for them. But what do you make of of the Packers and Vikings here atop that division? I mean, is Minnesota good enough to to knock off Green Bay and win that thing?
4: Yeah, sure they are. I just think that, you know, so many things have to go right when your quarterback is Kirk Cousins to win a division. So, you know, Danelle Hunter and uh, Darius Smith both have to stay healthy. Eric Hendricks and uh, and Jordan Hicks both have to be stay healthy and be good at linebacker. I think the secondary, they've added pieces with Booth and seen in the draft. So that should be helpful. They have to hold up, though. I mean, they had so many injuries in the secondary and they were, you know, bad defensively that it was hard to overcome. On the offense like both tackles have to hold up. Derrish on missed time last year. And when he came back, he was great, but it was already too late. And then Justin Jefferson obviously has to continue to be one of the best players in the entire league. If all those things happen, I think that they'll be great. I think Kevin O'Connell at 20 to one is a pretty good coach of the year candidate. You're betting them, you know, if they win 11 games and win that division, I think he gets a lot of that credit. And if you look at old coaches of the year, it's very much teams that win 11 games with quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins uh, that that end up winning Coach of the Year, so I think that's the best bet in this division. Uh, I think the Packers are obviously, you know, defensively going to be really good. I think on offense, you really have to question: okay, are 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 the wide receivers? Can they get something out of the combination of Sammy Watkins, Romeo Dobbs, uh, Christian Watson, Randall Cobb, that kind of thing? Can you can you patch it up and build a, an aggregate wide receiver core that's that's plus EV?
2: Talk once again to Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus, and I just wanted to pull this up real quickly, Eric, because I know you tend to look at you know all markets, and you know you following the Chiefs as closely as you do. Um, you know Sky Moore, someone who who steps in and, and should be a big contributor, uh, a guy that maybe you missed the boat on uh, because of all the injuries. Now his odds have shortened at Offensive Rookie of the Year. Jalen Tolbert is now at twelve to one. When you look at the rookie of the year market this year, to me, it's fascinating, right? There's no quarterback that we're expecting to to play early. Uh, Kenny Pickett' early returns are it hasn't looked great uh, at Pittsburgh camp. Is there a player or two on the offensive side that has intrigued you uh, in that rookie of the year market?
4: Yeah, that's a that's a great one. To me, I think that if you look, the the big one is. Yeah, you know, James Cook in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I think he has the characteristics of, you know, what Alvin Kamara was when, you know, he went to New Orleans in 2017 and won offensive uh, you know, rookie of the year and things like that. Like they have established players. Like Mark Ingram was in New Orleans at the time. In fact, when Alvin Kamara joined the Saints, Adrian Peterson was a running back for the Saints. So, you know, he had to at least he was only a part-time guy, but he also had to overtake some players. Um Good quarterback, uh, you know, high expectations. I think if he comes in and gains like 1,100 total yards and like 15 touchdowns, like that's rookie of the year, right? And and there's certainly something in in, in the cards for that, um, you know. Otherwise, you're looking at Brees Hall, who's going to be playing for a bad Jets team. How how many carries is he really going to get in oper- in situations that are going to be conducive to him gaining a lot of yards? Uh, you know, um, when you look at uh, the other running back, Ken Walker, who's taken. Uh, early by Seattle. Like he's going to be sharing carries with Rashad Penny. So, you know, how much do you really want to buy into that? So I think it's James cook uh, of the Buffalo bills. That's a, you know, the, the bet that I want to make.
2: He is Eric eager. Check out the podcast, the PFF forecast. He and George Shahuri. Eric, always a pleasure, man. We'll talk to you soon. No doubt about it. Thanks for having me on guys. Take care. There he is. Eric eager. Some uh, interesting thoughts, the offensive rookie of the year market. I think to me, Adam is one of the most fascinating markets this off uh, this upcoming season, we'll, we'll take a look at that. I want to expand on that a little bit here. On the other side, it's the nightcap on Vsin.
0: This is the nightcap on Vsin, the sports betting network. if you dare.
2: The college football guide is out right now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under Recommendations, plus our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a Veasan All Access member. Sign up early for a discount in 175 bucks. You'll receive the college and pro football betting guides, along with full Veasan access all the way through the Super Bowl. Or join us for 40 bucks. A month and see everything VEASAN has to uh, up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Alongside Adam Burke, I am Tim Murray. We've got a couple interesting games going on uh, in the baseball world right now. Uh, the Brewers and Pirates. Um, bet regret for you, not firing on this one. It is seven to 7-7 seven in the top of the seventh there in Pittsburgh.
3: Yeah, you know Freddie Peralta coming back off of an injury. He was on the sixty-day IL with a lat injury, and he made a couple of rehab starts, but he wasn't going to work too deep into this game. And, and the Brewers have had plenty of issues in middle relief, uh, especially long relief, throughout the course of the season. So, you know, that felt like that one was was probably should have been a nine. Didn't bet it, of course, would have flown over the total. But one thing I want to mention real quick about the subscription options over at vsn.com. That football season one goes through February twelfth, so it goes through the Super Bowl. So that will include the NFL guide later this month. Yep. I think that comes out August 25th. I believe 25th or 26th. Then you also have NBA guide, yep, NHL guide, college hoops, college basketball guide. You'll get our World Cup coverage because that's coming up here as well. So, you know, it's not like you're just getting the college football guide with that subscription. You're getting a lot of stuff. A lot of guides, a lot of weekly insights and analysis, so uh, it's definitely worth your while, and it will help you here throughout the course of the football season.
2: Yeah, and, uh, we'll be uh, we'll be picking games on a weekly basis. We'll do write ups uh, every week for college, and obviously, uh, you know we'll have NFL picks and everything you need. Uh, playoff baseball coming around the corner, so it's that time, man. It, it, we are about to arrive uh, out of the desert. Which, let's be honest, since. You know, sports returned after the pandemic. It has been kind of full go. We really hadn't had any breaks. So this summer was your kind of normal summer again. And uh, we're about to arrive. we got a preseason game tomorrow, as we've uh, jokingly talked about. And we'll we'll hit on that uh, in a little bit with the Jags and Raiders. Preseason football. College football uh, starts week zero. It's three weeks from Saturday. The first Friday
3: works from front Nevada and New Mexico State Ooh. how dare you forget
2: about that Barber? My, my apologies to the uh <laughs> to the Wolfpack faithful or the Aggie faithful out there my uh my my sincere apologies but I know uh I know you and myself will be up watching Hawaii and Vanderbilt uh late night on August 27th into the wee mornings of the uh, August 28th but uh yes college football will be here before we know it um I'll tell you what that uh that, that that Thursday appetizer, pretty good games. The backyard brawl is back. West Virginia and Pittsburgh. We got Penn State at Purdue. Uh, so some uh, some interesting spots. And also, uh, speaking of New Mexico State, they will have played their second game within the first what five days of the college football season. <laughs> uh, they play uh at Minnesota as a thirty-eight point underdog in uh, in week number one all right I wanted to hit on this because I I I always you know the NFL draft Adam as many of our listeners know and if they don't know I'll remind them uh is my favorite event to bet on and to cover we talked about the NFL draft on this show for a good three months you know breaking everything down you know what bets we like what bets we didn't like and and usually it's a a fruitful event and it was this year fortunately that spins it into Offensive Rookie of the Year. Last year, I didn't bet very much on it, but I ended up having a Jamar Chase in pocket, so that was nice. I don't know what to do. I have not made an Offensive Rookie of the Year bet. I've had a couple thoughts. Uh, I've you know gone back and forth. I could be talked into Kenneth Walker out in Seattle. I could be talked into you know one of the rookie receivers in Green Bay, whether it be Christian Watson or Romeo Dubs. I could be talked into Sky more. The one that I think is really interesting, and you had mentioned this earlier this week, and the odds, understandably so, have dropped significantly as Jalen Tolbert in Dallas because with all of the injuries that are popping up now uh, for the Dallas Cowboys and, of course, Cedric Wilson being in Miami and Amari Cooper being in Cleveland, I mean, Jalen Tolbert, the third-round pick out of, what, South Alabama? He's going to get a lot of opportunities here. Can he rise to the occasion? And at DraftKings it's sitting at 12 to 1, so you could argue maybe the value has been sucked out, but he's an interesting case for offensive rookie of the year right now. Yeah,
4: certainly
3: you could say that the value has been sucked out because of the price change, but also the situation in Dallas is really creating a lot of opportunity for this kid. 146 catches in his last two seasons at South Alabama, over 2500 yards. Not a whole lot of great quarterback play from the Jaguars. And also, if you're a kid, you know, you're 6'3, you're catching 64 passes one year, 82 passes the next year, nobody opposite you is really all that special there at South Alabama. You're getting double covered, you're getting bracketed, you're really having to fight for a lot of contested catches. And this kid had a really phenomenal uh, last couple of seasons. Well, you know, 2021 would have been his senior year, but they didn't charge that year of eligibility during the COVID season. So it was back-to-back junior seasons for him. But a kid that caught 22 touchdown passes over three years there with the Jaguars. And and this is now a situation where he's going to get chances. He's going to get opportunities with this Cowboys team because of the, you know, the losses at wide receiver that you mentioned and also the injury to James Washington, where, yeah, they're saying, what, eight to ten weeks on Washington? But will he be game speed when he comes back? Mm-hmm. Won't have a rapport with Dak Prescott,
2: whereas Tolbert could by that point. Yeah, and it's not like James Washington, sorry to interrupt, it's not like James Washington has been there, right? Right, exactly. I mean, he's he's a free agent acquisition, so it's it's not like you know he already has that built-in rapport, to your point, with Dak Prescott.
3: Right, and, and now, I mean, you look at a guy like Tolbert – I'd be curious to see what kind of reps he gets in the preseason because they can't really afford to lose another wide receiver, and, and especially a guy with this kind of upside. But you know, now he's out there running with the ones every single day in practice where he's going to get the reps with Dak Prescott. He's going to be able to really dive deep into this playbook. So if I'm betting someone here, even though I know the price has come down a little bit, I, I think he's the guy just because it's very clear his path to, to getting numbers.
2: Well, and you know, as we always say at nauseum, it should we should make shirts. Always shop around. Um so it's twelve to one at DraftKings, it's sixteen to one at Bet MGM. And now we, we try not to talk about the local uh you know establishments all that much just because we know a lot of our listeners don't live here in Nevada. Uh but if you do come to Nevada, let's say to sign up for a contest or something like that, right now Stations Casino has him at twenty-five to one. So always look around. You know, maybe different shops around you will will have that. So I think Tolbert's certainly fascinating, and I, at twenty-five to one, I think that would be worth a little bit of a a flyer for me. I, I want to just bounce around, throw a couple names at you, and just you know, Romeo Dubs was not that long ago. He was a hundred to one, and I didn't make the bet. To me, I was intrigued by that because I I feel like one of those two receivers, whether it be Watson or Dubs, is going to have a big year. And it's all about the rapport that they can gain with Aaron Rodgers. And I think Christian Watson, and and look, Sean loves Christian Watson. He thinks he's, you know, he had him, what, I think his fourth best receiver uh, in this draft class. I, I agree. I think he's a tremendous talent. But I think Romeo Dubs is an interesting one there. Uh, at thirty-five to one, Drake London. You know, I know he was a little bit banged up early on. He was out there today. He, I, I loved him at USC. Dealt with some injuries. Now he had a broken foot. That's kind of a freak injury. That's not one that should linger all that much. My worry about Drake London: A, the odds aren't really all that appealing at eight to one. B, the quarterback situation is is not great. Right, Marcus Mariota and Sean is under the belief that Marcus Mariota will probably get injured very shortly into the season, and then is it you know Desmond Ritter? So I just I would have a hard time Adam playing someone like Drake London at eight to one, even though he's going to start, he's going to probably get plenty of targets. I just I have a hard time playing someone that short, especially in this pool this year, where it just it's completely feels like up for grabs.
3: Yeah, and I think something that's, you know, kind of interesting and an exercise I think everybody needs to do is go through and look at the past award winners, right? Last year, Jamar Chase on a really good team. Justin Herbert on a pretty good team. Kyler Murray in 2019, you know, the Cardinals kind of had some growing pains at times throughout that year. But, you know, Saquon Barkley in 2018, Giants weren't all that great. But, you know, Alvin Kamara 2017, Dak Prescott 2016. We're, We're generally talking about, first of all, players that are now stars in the NFL, And second, you do kind of have to be on at least a decent team. And the thing I'd look at for for London is the Falcons are going to trail a lot, so we should have a lot of targets, but that team's not going to be very good, and it feels like the voters kind of prioritize guys that are on at least decent teams.
0: And I know Eric... If you dare.